All right, welcome back to part two of the December reading. And of course, this is just going to be me mostly reading the cards, uh, literally, like from the books, reading the descriptions. Uh, if you're familiar with my channel, you know that I always put in some little extra bits here and there. Uh, we have some slightly different bird background noises for this round. Um, yeah, so let's start out with these crystals. And as a reminder, all the crystals were... Sorry. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be, you know, I got to warm up a little bit. Uh, all these crystals were actually clear. And for this one, when I do the posting, I am going to put close-ups of the cards front and back for these because with this deck the descriptions are on the back so I'll be doing a close-up of the front and the back for these and uh, for the other cards uh, let's see anything else I am open for personal readings if anybody would like one uh right now i'm doing those just like via email or via messenger don't have anything fancy set up if you would really really want a recorded reading um you know like youtube style or even a voice um let me know might be able to work something out with you there <clears throat> Okay, and go to my uh, All Links bio <laughs> page. It's the my bio backslash DVD uh, for all the information on how to get a hold of me and stuff. Uh, preferably, well, preferably you can get a hold of me through Facebook Messenger or on Instagram. I, I rarely, I'm horrible. I rarely go to my emails. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's start with these. So we have the regular old clear quartz warhorse. What it is. Among the most abundant minerals on the planet, clear quartz is everywhere, but it's from, it's far from basic. A master manifester, quartz is programmable, so give it a job to do and get busy. Who needs it? Rockhounds, quartz intensifies the power of all the stones in your crystal collection. Or Geminis. Need to learn to focus a little. My Mercury is in Gemini. I can tell you it's true. <laughs> Where to put it? Between your eyebrows during meditation or absolutely anywhere, uh, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to play those little games of where to put it with these cards. Sure, that might be helpful for meditations or things like that, but carry it around, put it in your room, whatevs. When to use it. When you find yourself believing the limitations your mind puts in front of you, call on quartz to help you see through the illusions, 
clear the mind of self-doubt, surrender to the will of the universe, and start manifesting the impossible. Key phrase, enhance your vision. Ephra light. It's A-P-O-P-H-Y-L-L-I-T-E. What it is. This stone acts like a teleportation device to place to places transcendent, often sourced from enchanted India, the birthplace of Tantra, Yoga, Nagchampa, Alphorolite, clear skepticism, cynicism, and logic from the spiritual path. Who needs it? Anyone that <laughs> sorry, anyone looking for that ray of light from high to hit them with something good. Where to put it? Wherever you practice religion, meditate, channel, or pray. When to use it? When the spiritual life feels like it's moving, when the spiritual life feels like it's a moving target. When you feel skeptical about your true purpose on earth. When you feel like your yeah, but thoughts are dishonoring the innermost you. Key phrase, beam yourself up. Way up. (laughs) Damborite, what it is. Like the beta blockers in grandma's medicine closet, Damborite's twinkling, effervescent energy takes the edge off with its serious feel-good vibes. Who needs it? (laughs) Emos, goths, buttoned-up, white-collar stress cases. Where to put it? Wherever you want to do something... Wherever you want to do some elevated thinking, feeling, dreaming, or being. When to use it. When the daily grind has ground you into the pavement. When you feel like launching into space, but lack astronaut training. Vibing with Damborite can help divert your busy mind away from its pesky, physics-ruled orientation. There's somewhere else out there. Flip on the high beams and explore. Turn on your electric light. So yeah, these these crystals this time are definitely just, they're your little energizer bunnies for this upcoming December month. And like I said with that last, in the last one, is... It is like our collective here. And I heard this somewhere else in a reading for me. And it instantly reminded me of this reading. Uh, We're getting a jump start on the new year. And what was actually said about it was that, you know, when you start doing the new year vibe in December or early, it helps you to, you know, actually be ready to make those changes by the time January comes around. So 
for us, I really think December is just a time of planning and getting ready. So, you know, we're already kind of in that phase. So when January comes around, we're going to be a month ahead of everybody else. We've already done our planning. You know, it's hard with Christmas and the ho- and all the holidays for everybody. You know, I'm in the U.S., so we have this definite melting pot here, but it is predominantly, you know, Christian, even though, you know, I, anyway, um, <laughs> we'll just say, we'll just leave that at that. Uh, but you know, my, my tradition, my upbringing, you know, was, is definitely the Christmas time of year and also very Yule oriented, but I know there are many, many other holidays that are going on right now. And so we're all kind of feeling it, even the atheists, because they have to deal with the rest of us. (laughs) So, uh, I know it's hard, but if you can kind of at least get your mind in that spot, I think it's going to help out a lot. And this is, I call it the white crystal deck, uh, because all the cards have, all the crystals on the pictures have white backgrounds, and it's a white box. And it's crystals, the stone deck. And... It is by, the text is by Andrew Smart. The photographer is Jason Weich, W-Y-C-H-E, if you're interested in the deck. It's a little bit older, but it's a goodie, you know. it's It's got a lot of cards. It's 78. Okay, sorry. Anyway, let's move on to our animals. Okay, so we have the owl card. It's number four in this deck. The key word is wisdom. Open your eyes and see what's really there. Look for the whole truth, as you may only be seeing part of the whole. Through experience, we can gain the wisdom to not make the same mistakes again. Develop your learning and intelligence as education is never wasted. Negotiate and you'll see it's better than an attack. Mythos. The Greek goddess Athena was a virgin daughter of Zeus, and it is her that the Greeks gave to their harbor city. Beautiful, strong, refined, and very rational, Athena thoughtfully encouraged and led her human subjects and mentored her favorite heroes. The ancient Greeks loved Athena, and many complex temples were built in her honor. Her mythos states that she was born from Zeus's brow and later sat by his side in Olympus for all decision-making. A goddess with many attributes including weaving, scholastic attainment, intelligence, philosophy, and olive oil production. There are very little, there is very little that Athena could not influence. Her avatar, an owl, symbolizes her reputation for wisdom. 
It was said that in very <clears throat> that this very modern goddess had a cool beauty and that her eyes were bright and observed everything, just as an owl would, giving her a reputation for total watchfulness. In her early form, she was also a goddess of the night, so having a nocturnal bird as her avatar makes rational sense. It was said that even a younger goddess Athena sought out the whole truth, and so wanted to ensure that she was all sides of the situation before she made a decision. She knew owls had incredible vision and did not miss much. So she decided to always have an owl with her, if she could keep an eye out on her blind side. This way, she would miss nothing and see everything, especially everything that was dark and hidden. The animal. Owls are found on every continent except the polar caps and are normally one of the apex predators of a region. They famously have big eyes situated in front of their heads and are mainly nocturnal. As hunters, the ability to perceive prey in low light or darkness is of vital importance, and these birds have evolved to do so very well. Their eyes are placed within a feathered facial disc that acts as a kind of capture shape to direct the sound in their ears. The eyes do not move much, so the head can swivel almost 360 degrees in some species. Interestingly, a large proportion of owls have an asymmetrical placement of ears, which helps them exactly pinpoint their prey. Owls also are incredibly silent, both sitting and in flight. They have neck ruffles that muffle the sound of their head turning, and their wing feathers have serrated ends that enable them to swoop down on their prey with virtually no sound whatsoever. The owl best associates with Athena is the little owl, Athena Noctura, or Athene Nocturna, which was often depicted with her in artworks. These birds have quite distinctive big yellow eyes framed in starlit white eyebrows. Oh, I just had something about the silence. Oh, maybe it will come back. (laughs) See what happens when I don't interrupt myself. The magic. The use of owl magic is an ancient practice. The energy is used in cultures as diverse as ancient Greek and Roman to North European and the First Nations of America. Use owl magic when you seek wisdom in a situation and perhaps you are not seeing the whole truth and wish to do so. Owl magic is helpful when you cannot make a decision or when you need to take a rational view of an emotionally charged situation. Okay, so owl magic is definitely working for me right now. Symbology. Frontal-shaped large eyes with discs around them. Athena holding an owl, talons, the colors of silver and yellow. 
Some owls are on the endangered list, but most are not. Wonderful birds. Love them so, so much. And this... <clears throat> <laughs> this deck is the Divine Animal Oracles by Stacy DeMarco. It's one of my favorites. And just looking for the artwork. Um, Kinga. I cannot say that name. I'm not going to even try. First name is K-I-N-G-A. Last name is B-R-I-T-S-C-H-G-I. If you'd like to look them up and take a look at any of their other art. All right. Next, I want to look at the chakra cards that came up. They were Money and Dreams. And... Our first one is number 14, and it was money, and it was a sacral chakra card. If you want to look that up to get a little bit more information, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of backstory on these with this one. Finances, power, generosity, and abundance. Give and receive abundantly. Honor your divine worthiness to be prosperous in all ways. Card story. Within the crystal reflections of a fresh water pool, two koi carp gracefully mirror each other, expressing the yin and yang of prosperity and the natural flow of money. There is no tension or urgency. All that is needed is well within reach. All is in balance. Both coins and notes are easy to see and gather. The deeper we chant, the deeper we open the channels of giving and receiving, the more full this river of prosperity runs, revealing the natural law and true source of our abundance. The card's message. It's time to move past any limited views or beliefs you may have about money, and to allow more positive expression of this energy in your life. Why patterns and perceptions around money currently operate in your life? What beliefs were handed to you by your parents and their parents? Money, like love, is about giving and receiving energy. Some people find it hard to give and show love. Others find it difficult to accept and feel worthy of love. The same goes with money. Are you generous? Are you willing to open and receive an abundance of money in your life? It's time. How would you feel if you had an abundance of money right now? What would you use it for? Who would you share it with? Does it make you feel anxious, worried, excited, or calm? Surprisingly, many few people feel so overwhelmed with the power of money that they are frightened of it. Consider the ultimate life and the person you came here to be. 
What beliefs and perceptions of money might that person have? Consider this version of you, if you will, to be a great steward of abundance for the good of all and begin to walk in that path. The law of attraction will manifest your beliefs. Open and allow expansive energy when thinking about money. Be generous with yourself and others. Whenever you are on the money path, be ever grateful for the gifts and lessons it brings to your life. If you want more money, open your heart to give and receive more and know it is coming to you. Embrace abundance and welcome in money. Use it consciously and pass it along. All right, I don't have anything more to add to that. <laughs> Imagine that, huh? All right, so our next card is dreams. I just want to say if you hear any uh, <laughs> commercials or something in the background, please try to ignore them. I am so sorry. Uh, I did not realize that this recording going on uh, it's from YouTube. It was going to have a bunch of commercials in it. I know they're adding commercials to a lot of stuff they didn't before, but yeah, they're, they're even adding it to this stuff. So that's something right there. It's something, but, uh, so dreams, and this is part of the third eye chakra, I believe. <laughs> I should probably check that real quick. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Messages, signs, symbols, guidance. Look for the wisdom in your deepest dreaming. Awaken to the visions of your highest being. The card's story. In the center of the path of infinite dreams is the iris of an all-seeing eye. Individual and universal, connected to all things, the source and the seer of sacred knowing. It reveals to us the inner truth of our journey through the patterns, symbols, and cycles of creation. Creating the sky, drawing us in, opening our view to the dreamer within. A man looks over his shoulder to see his likeness in the clouds, catching a glimpse of himself, watching himself from above. Anyway, <laughs> card message. Our dreams are the doorways to different aspects of reality. An open landscape of exchange between our consciousness and our subconscious minds and the great beyond. Dreams carry messages and guidance for us. They help us process events and patterns of our physical life, and they put us in touch with our spirits, our guides, angels, and even relatives that have passed over. It is time to pay closer attention to your dreams. Not all dreams seem significant, but by paying attention to your dreams on a regular basis, 
you will begin to notice which ones hold important messages for you. Take a moment upon waking to write down your memories from sleeping. Notice where you were and any symbols that seemed significant. Become aware of how you felt in the dreams. Certain people, themes, or memories may arise in your dreams that you can heal hidden wounds or awaken forgotten aspects of yourself. This happens to me a lot. Um, I have reoccurring dreams. See, I'm interrupting myself this time. Uh, make sure this gets out because you might want to know this. Or somebody might somewhere out there. Um, but yeah, see, because my, my brain won't, won't just catch something the first time usually. It has to be hit over the head with the stop sign or, you know, the sign over and over before it's like, oh, wait, maybe that's important. Uh, so anytime that you have the same theme or the same symbols of the same people in your dreams, whether you believe it's a spiritual message or just something that your brain is trying to heal and fix, take notice of it. Think, you know, kind of ponder it a little bit. Um, you don't have to. You know, like, yes, bleh. dream journaling is awesome. I've never been able to do it, but I've seen people, you know, they get better at remembering their dreams. And I'm just too ADD, not going to lie. I, I would love to do a dream journal. And I do write down some of my significant dreams on my blog. But, um, you know, if you notice... Whatever way you do this, if you notice a reoccurring theme, pattern, person, whatever, think about the situation, think about the events, think about what it means to you. And if you want to or need to, look into that symbol or that animal whatever. You know, if it's not, you know, if it's a person, obviously, unless it's a historical figure or something, someone famous, you know, if it's a friend or an ex or whatever, uh, it might be time to spend a little bit more time with them. You know, with those things, so they're more personal. So it's more contacting or thinking about that person in your relationship with that person. If it's a plant or an animal or a symbol, you know, of some type, once you explore your own experience and your own knowledge of it, then step out and look into the symbology of it, learn more about the animal, let's say, their habitat, their sleep, you know, what they are like in your area or where you were born or where your ancestors are from. Uh, it might open you up to something that, you know, the message isn't obvious right away. It might open you up to something there. All right. And by writing your dreams down, you will increase your intuition and sensitivity to them. You will become more in tune with the messages, guidance you take from them to enhance the choices in your waking life.
in the same way that you, in the same way that we feel out our control or unconscious while in our dreaming state, we also feel out of touch with our hopes and dreams in life. This card is a call to reclaim your role as an active conscious dreamer. As a visionary weaver of life's greatest gifts and possibilities. So over the top. All right. Use your what you're dreaming about. If you want it in your life, help bring it in. Wordy. <laughs> Are you actively moving in the direction of your dreams? Or do you feel deep down that you will never reach them? I feel that like that's a little bit more on the awake side than the sleeping side. Take time to crystallize your vision of what you truly wish to achieve. Allow your soul to speak through your imagination and paint a picture of your highest potential. Realize that you are absolute you have absolutely no limits to what you can create in this life. Don't waste another day just dreaming the dream. Start living it. Begin to put time and energy into your dreams so that they become reality. Make a plan, write a list, or whatever it is. That is the first step toward your dreams. As you move into the direction of this vision, the universe will rise within to meet you. It is time to live your dreams. In the words... Of Gauthier, whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has wisdom, power, and magic in it. So yes, both pay attention to your dreams that are here in, you know, both your head, your dreams at night, as well as your dreams when they are, oh, I lost it, dude. I totally lost it. <laughs> no lie. <laughs> A commercial came on. I was trying to block it because, you know, and, um, whoo, yeah. Anyway, pay attention to what you're dreaming at night when you're asleep. But you can also take this opportunity to start moving towards your dreams here in reality. All right. So now I want to move into the astrology cards that came out. And the first one is the vertex. So here is what is happening in the book. The vertex is a mathematical point in the chart of the native, the person in question. As an astro, as, blah, 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 yeah, I think it's time for me to take a break. I might make this three parts, but let's see if I can get through these. Okay. As an astrological point, it is connected with karma and fate, and it comes to life when triggered by planetary transits. The transiting aspects that should be mostly observed 
is the conjunction and the slow moving planets as these are the ones that are mainly or will mainly influence the native's life. The vertex is also widely used in synastry or relationship charts as it is responsible for major changes, especially in relationships, births, and death of people, mainly accidents. While also important in business partnerships, beginnings, or endings. The use of this element in astrology is a bit controversial since some astrologers use it and others do not. This can depend on whether someone's belief is free will and that we are writing one's history, or if you remain open to the possibility that there is some events that are fated and that are meant to happen no matter what. Perhaps now you are waiting for me to give you a clear answer in terms of how to use this element. But I encourage you to ask yourself, blah, 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 blah. All right. This actually opens up. I have an interesting theory when it comes to free will and fate. I actually believe in them both fully. But where my thing of fate or destiny comes in is that I believe there are certain events that we're meant to see or participate in certain people that we are destined to meet. Now where we have free will in this is that you decide how, you know, each person, if it's people or if it's an event, you decide how you are going to act at that time. You know, do you follow the crowd or do you take the alternative way of thinking about something? You know, if you see someone on the side of your side of the road, do you stop and help? Do you call someone to assist them? Or do you just drive on? It can be that simple. And it's your free will on whether or not you get involved or not. It's your free will on, you know, when you meet someone, you can be that person's friend or you can be their enemy or nothing. You can walk away and never think about them ever again, even though that moment and that meeting was destined to happen. Free will and destiny trip, isn't it? All right. I just wanted to add that little bit because it always fascinates me. Uh, it's a topic I love to think about. You know, when you can get really, really into it, like if you ever read the Celestine Prophecy, oh Lord, interesting book. I mean, you know, it's, it's got its moments. It's cool. But <clears throat> I've read it twice. The first time I tried to read it, I did not get all the way through. 
and I started tripping on absolutely everything. Uh, way too much, way, way too much. Because in that book, it basically is like everything has meaning. And so you're sitting there at a damn stop site and you see a blackbird and you're all of a sudden you're thinking, <laughs> trying to figure out the message it has for you or you're at the convenience store and you see, you know, a drunk outside and you think, you know, well, who, what, what what's the meaning of this? And just, it got intense. <laughs> um, so you got to backpedal on that a little bit sometimes. Um, all right, let me get this next card read for you guys. And then, uh, since I have some issues with this editor, I cannot figure out how to save my recordings so I can add to them later. It's uh, I have an all in or nothing relationship with this podcasting app. So I'm actually going to probably do this in three parts because as you can tell, I am obviously just not... <laughs> not fully here right now when it comes to this. Uh, yeah. All right. And the second card that came out was the solar eclipse. So here's what we have in the book. And this is a pretty short one. Eclipses are the moon phases with strong karmic influences since they fall in the nodes of the moon. Eclipses will always happen on the north and south node respectively. That is why during eclipses the karmic points in one's chart can get highly activated which can be manifested as premonitions and intense connection with our intuition as well as reoccurring dreams and noticing patterns. The solar eclipse specifically always occur during new moons. These are moments to embrace change, connect with our future, and they often bridge big revelations. These can be seen as moments of sudden inspiration. Solar eclipses are periods of receptiveness where we allow the universe to unfold the future right in front of our eyes. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a great one with whatever you are continuing to do. And this is from the Astro Soul Oracle deck. And it is created by Maria J. Parado Traco. Let me see if I can get a better. Nope. That's all you're getting. But the Astro Soul Oracle deck. Great deck. Really pretty. Uh, they have a couple other decks as well. Um, definitely. Check them out if you're interested. Whew. Sorry, I know that was a rough one. 
<laughs> I hope it came through. Uh, when we come back on part three, we're going to be going into the Brian Froud Fairy Oracle. We're going to be going into the tarot cards, the Nature's Whispers deck, the Threads of Fate Oracle. And I hope you enjoy and see us for part three. And no idea if I'm going to be doing this one tonight, tomorrow, next day. Uh, but we see how things can get disastrous when I <laughs> try to push myself into doing something when I'm just not quite there for it. So, forgive me. Um, have, have a great one. And we'll talk to you soon.